0: Hello, and welcome to the Heaven Bound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we are opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life, the way it was meant to be, and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Thanks for joining us today on the journey. Well, here we are in December, and we like on Fridays to kind of have a theme And
1: so for this final month of the year, we decided to talk about what we think is the most important topic of all, and that's Jesus Christ. He is why we are doing these things. He is why we're trying to go to heaven. He is our Savior. And so this month, we're going to do something kind of special. We're going to just walk through every Friday different aspects of Jesus' life. But we're going to do this centered around some of our hymns. And at the end of each broadcast, We're going to play that special hymn that we're going to talk about each time. So we're calling this The Life of Jesus in Songs, and we're going to try to cover the life of Jesus in these uh, five Fridays this month. So today we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus, and the hymn we're going to talk about is Hark the Angels Sing, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Next week, we're going to talk about The Life of Jesus, and we'll use the hymn, We Saw Thee Not. And then we'll talk about the death of Jesus. And with that, we'll talk about the hymn, 10,000 Angels. And then we're going to talk about the resurrection of Jesus. And we'll talk about Christ arose. And look at that hymn. And then we'll wrap this series up by talking about how Jesus reigns. And the hymn we'll use for that is when the Roll is called up yonder. So we'll talk about these hymns a little bit. Talk about how they fit in with our scriptures. And then, as we said, at the end, we're going to play these hymns
0: for you to hear and for you to sing along with them. It is. uh, We we typically do this, it seems like, about once a year. And uh, these series, I think, get just as much, if not more, feedback than uh, just about anything we do. And here we are at the end of the year. We haven't done one of these in quite a while, and so I'm excited for that and especially excited to provide a congregational recording of that. So as you mentioned, lots of hymns that we could go to that revolve around the birth of Jesus. We selected an old, old one, nearly 300 years old. Just take a moment and think about how remarkable that God's people are are given these anthems that get sung generation after generation. This is one of those, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, written by Charles Wesley, an absolutely prolific hymn writer, credited with writing more than six thousand hymns. We only sing a, a very small fraction of those, but this one written in 1739 continues to endure and live on, I would argue, for very good reason. Roger, let me read these three verses in our songbook and then just ask you what stands out to you from these lyrics. Wesley writes, Hark! The Herald Angels Sing! Glory to the newborn king, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. Joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph of the skies with angelic host proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel, hail the heaven-born Prince of Peace, hail the Son of Righteousness, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Christ by highest heaven adored, Christ the everlasting Lord, come, desire of nations, come, fix in us thy humble home. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Roger, as you reflect on those words written nearly 300 years ago, what stands out to you? Well, first of all, it's just a beautiful hymn. It's sung very lively. It's an
1: upbeat song, and it really emphasizes uh, the role that Jesus would play. You know, this time of year, you see a lot of manger scenes, a lot of baby Jesus uh, in different places, and a lot of people like to talk about the baby Jesus. And for a lot of people, they want to keep him as a baby. And, and babies are kind of innocent, kind of sweet. They, they have no demands uh, of us to change our lives. They cannot command us to do things. But in this hymn, he reminds us that this is more than the baby. He In that very first line, <clears throat> he talks about the newborn king. And then he talks about in the second line that—or uh, in the third line that he's the prince of peace— and then that he is the lasting Lord. And so through all of this, we find that this baby Jesus who came and was born on earth uh, was the was the role of God and this deity that he would play, and very fitting to what the Scriptures
0: teach to us about who Jesus is and the role that he would play for us. I especially appreciate, just from the standpoint of writing, uh, how densely packed this is with references, especially to the Old Testament. Obviously, the Old Testament providing a, a fingerprint or a, a foreshadowing of who this great king was going to be. I mean, Prince of Peace comes straight from Isaiah, right? The Son of Righteousness, S-U-N, that's straight from Malachi chapter 4, risen with healing in. In his wings. That's right out of that last chapter of the Old Testament. We have all sorts of allusions back to prophecies about who this was going to be, but it really centers on that announcement of the angels in Luke chapter two to a bunch of shepherds, right? That, that's how the, the hymn begins. Hark is not a word we use very often. Hark just means sit up and pay attention right and these herald angels Roger when you hear the word herald what is a herald angel well that's someone who's bringing a message he has yeah. a proclamation he is
1: he is uh heralding out a, a message and They were sent by God to the shepherds, and they had a proclamation. Uh, A baby was born, but there had been a lot of babies born in Bethlehem. This baby was fulfillment of prophecy. This baby was the Christ child. And so it was an announcement from heaven about the special, special birth that would begin
0: this this long mission that Jesus would come to die for our sins. You know, verse 2 begins to highlight for us that okay, this is a king, but not the sort of king human beings are used to. And that is a, a major New Testament thread that really begins to impact the way that we, as his disciples, are called to live. Let me remind you, mild, he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. There's a lot going on there, but let's start with he lays his glory by. What is that a reference to, do you think? Well,
1: it makes me think of Philippians 2, where Paul would say that you know Jesus was equal with God, but he gave that up and came on in the form of a man. Uh, when Jesus came to earth, okay, he was born in Bethlehem, which is really a no town. It's just a village. It, you'd think if he's going to be born prominent, he'd be born in Egypt. He'd be born in at least Jerusalem, or especially Rome, the center of the world at that time. But he was just born in a small village by a simple woman, and not not with a fanfare of, of media around him, not a, and and so the humble king is what this is emphasizing, and throughout his life, he demonstrated his humbleness uh, he didn 't walk around with, with, like a rock star does today, driving up in limos and flash bulbs flashing at him, and then all this going around he 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 was humble, he was a servant. He was a person for the people. And that, that's kind of coming out here as we think about these expressions is bringing
0: out who Jesus was. Yeah. You highlighted earlier that a lot of people, especially this time of year, are mildly fascinated by the idea of a, of a son of God that is born. But I love how that even first verse or first line of the second verse reinforces for us. Jesus was born that man no more may die. It makes me think of his statement in John chapter 11 as he is uh, reasoning with Martha about the, the death of Lazarus. And he says in John chapter 11 verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Or the writer of Hebrews emphasizes for us in Hebrews 2, that Jesus came and was willing to share in flesh and blood so that through death, he might render powerless the one who had the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Jesus came to destroy the one who has the power of death and enables us Even right here in this hymn, I I love how it's put, born to give us, born to give them, mankind, second birth, born again, right? From John chapter 3. This hymn is just so tightly packed with beautiful biblical allusions. Uh, Wesley goes on to write in verse 2, veiled in flesh, the Godhead, see, hail the incarnate deity. Now, every once in a while around this time of year, we hear about the incarnation. Roger, if you were given just a simple definition, maybe to a young teenager, what is the incarnation? Well, that, that's a big word we don't use very often. It,
1: you know, I think Isaiah sums it up where it talks about Jesus was going to be born of a virgin. Okay. And you know that this is what this is shows us his deity Joseph and Mary were not married they did not have sexual relations Jesus had no earthly father and so it was it was by the holy spirit that Jesus uh became within Mary's womb and and in that way he is uh the son of God we might say now a lot of people when they hear that idea son of God uh, you and I are both sons we both have fathers uh we get this idea that okay there there was a time when we weren't and then through the process, we became. And that's how a lot of people think of Jesus, that there was a time when Jesus was not, then he was born, that made him the son of God. How, how would you explain that?
0: Yeah, well, Wesley describes it as the incarnate deity, right? And I think deity is the key to what you're talking about there. Uh, Paul in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, talking about Jesus, says, in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. So deity, uh, he did not have a beginning. He does not have an end, right? He is, I am, he has always been, but the incarnation, as you pointed us back to the prophecy of Isaiah, we can read about it in Matthew chapter 1 and the early chapters of Luke. It is God in the flesh, deity in bodily form, right? And he is, as Wesley says in our hymn, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. That also takes us back to Isaiah, right? God with us. And so Jesus, you you and I, as you've uh, very accurately brought up, we had a beginning. Jesus has no beginning. He is God born of a virgin. He is deity, bodily, Uh, born bodily form, but God with us. And
1: and as John begins his gospel, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And so uh, when we talk about the birth of Jesus, it's not the beginning of Jesus. No. No. Jesus has always been, always. Uh, Jesus was there in the Old Testament. Jesus was there in creation. Jesus has always been, but he took on the form of a a baby, came to earth that way, and that's where we we start reading the story in the Gospels about Jesus Christ.
0: All right, so the first verse of this hymn really focuses in on that angelic announcement in the early chapters of Luke. Verse 2 really gets at the nature of who Jesus, the Son of God, was. I love how Wesley in verse 3 really calls for a response, right? Hail. The heaven-born prince of peace. Hail the son of righteousness. Hail just means to, to recognize, right? To honor, to give reverence and glory to someone. It's the sort of thing when a king would be approaching A herald might go into a a town square and and very loudly announce, Hear ye, hear ye, the king approaches, hail your king. Roger, what difference does it make whether or not I hail this heaven-born prince of peace? Well, to do
1: that is to acknowledge who he is, and it's to acknowledge that he is God on earth. And to realize he he wasn't just coming down here just to see what human beings were like. He knows that. But he came down here to put on a form of a man so he could be that sacrifice to redeem us. Our sins have separated us from God. And so to hail him is to acknowledge that, it's to realize the Savior is among us, it's to realize that, that help has come. It's to realize that we have the hope now through him of eternal life. And so uh, not to hail him is to recognize, okay, Jesus came to earth, and, you know, I'm going to go on my life, and nothing changes. And by not acknowledging that, I don't change And I lose out on eternal life. And so uh, the idea of hailing is more than just a verbal thing. It's a behavioral thing. It is a change of our life for him.
0: Yeah, so it is so much more than a a once-a-year tip of the cap to the idea that maybe the Son of God at some point in time was born among us. The hymn really ends on this idea, this plea or prayer Come, desire of nations, come, fix in us thy humble home. makes me think of Jesus' words in John chapter 14, verse 23. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. To love Jesus is... To open up the gate of my heart, to, to welcome him as the Lord of all, right? To reorient my life around him. And maybe that is a good note here at the very beginning of the last month of the year when many culturally, Roger, as you brought up, are mildly interested in or talking a little bit about here and there about the birth of Jesus, this changes everything, right? I I will either acknowledge him as the son of righteousness, or I will try and keep him on the periphery. I will either reorient my entire life around him, or I will live for myself. Either way, there are consequences to how I react to this king who was born nearly 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem under very humble circumstances, but today reigns in heaven.
1: You know, in Italy, there's a very, very famous nativity scene and in the cradle it's empty except one time uh, one day of the year, they bring out this baby, this little sculpture, they put it in this cradle for one day, and then they take it back out and put it in the box the rest of the year. And sadly, sometimes we can do the same thing for not careful. And to realize it's not just the baby that came, it was the
0: Savior who came for us. All right. The life of Jesus in songs. Today One hymn that gets us thinking about his birth, Lord willing, next Friday, we'll focus in on We Saw Thee Not. As Roger mentioned, we're going to play a congregational recording of that hymn. We encourage you really to think about the words that we've just briefly focused on together today, even sing right along. But Roger, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound podcast. We hope today's episode and this series throughout the month of December The life of Jesus in song will help you set your mind on things above, give you a little more fuel for the journey. Always remember when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come.